Let me tell you something, brother. What you gonna do? You're gonna celebrate Hulk Hogan's birthday is what you're gonna do today on a live episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by the man who trains. He says his prayers. He eats his vitamins. He's running wild in New Jersey. Good morning, Mr. Tommy Fierro. <laughs> Hey man, you you I, I thought that was Hulk Hogan on the phone at first. He just such a good Hulk Hogan. Listen, I got a text earlier today that he wants to call in, and I said you got to get to the back of the line, Jack. We got about five or six regular callers, dude. And so we'll see if <laughs> we let the Hulkster on the air today. Tommy, you are in the middle of a crazy run at the New Jersey State Fair. I have to know how the first half went. And then you got a big name tonight, tomorrow, and then you're finishing up on August 13th with X-Pac. But how has the fair been going, Fierro? I'll tell you what, man. It's <laughs> on, on paper, on paper, you know, being present at the New Jersey State Fair for nine days with nine different guests sounds absolutely awesome, right? It does, then, you know. It does, yeah, absolutely does, and and that's when when I did it, it, it sounded amazing, and uh, it looks really cool when you're advertising it. But I live an hour from the fairgrounds, so I'm driving back and forth an hour each day for the last six days. It's the seventh day, and uh, it's been so hot in New Jersey, man. I mean, talking about upper 90s where it feels like 100 and something with the humidity. It's just and we're out. We're outside, dude. So I mean, we. It's been a really, real. I feel like I've been doing it for eight months already. Honestly, it's been it's been that long. But uh, yeah, it's been cool, man. I had uh, Tony Atlas there on Friday. I had the Boogeyman on Saturday. Jim Ross, WWE Hall of Famer, one of the biggest icons in wrestling history. We had him on uh, Sunday. It was really cool to spend some time with him. I, I don't know, Jay. I know you look at my Facebook page sometimes. There's a Cool picture of me and Jim Ross driving up in a, a golf cart uh, to get to the signing. <laughs> you got to check it out if you don't see so. And then uh, Monday, we had Enzo. Real, let me tell you something, man. And Boogeyman also. These guys go be of and beyond for their fans, especially Boogeyman. He is such a class act, man. I want to tell a real story real quick before we get in the Hulk Hogan episode about how great of a guy the boogeyman is. So first of all, boogeyman brought t-shirts with him and he wound up giving them out for free to, to random fans throughout the evening. Uh, second, which really, really, really impressed me. And I've been working with everyone uh, for the last, you know, almost 30 years now, this December will be 30 years. Um, I've never seen this in my life. So boogeyman does a push-up contest with this little boy. I mean, and, and it's, Jay, it's hot. I'm talking about, like, 97, 98 hot. He's got his freaking makeup on, his leather pants on, the whole the whole costume. And um, he gets on his, he gets on his, you know, he gets on his, uh, on the ground and starts doing push-ups with this kid. Uh, whoever got the 10 push-ups first would win. And when Boogeyman got to nine, he bumped down, and the little kid won. And Boogeyman goes, how many push-ups do you do? And the little boy says, 10. Boogeyman goes in his wallet, man, takes a $10 bill out and gives it to the kid. He goes, there, this is for you, a dollar for every push-up. Hmm. That's how cool and nice of a guy this guy is, man. He was giving away his T-shirts. He, was, he gave money out of his own pocket to a little boy. I've never seen this ever uh, for any signing I've ever done. So I, I, I think it's always good to spread the good word. And uh, Marty Wright is a really, really, really great guy. And any promoters out there that listen to this podcast, uh, he, he puts on a great show. So uh, he's highly recommended by me. That's incredible, man. You know, I spent my whole childhood being very careful not to dangle my feet off the end of the bed for the fear that the boogeyman might grab me. Who would have known he would have just slid me a crisp $10 bill had I let him grab my feet? <laughs> and I tell awesome. you what else. I'll tell you what else is really cool, too, is now, and guess what? This little boy, in 50 years from now, he'll remember that moment. Oh, he'll remember the moment of doing push-ups with the boogeyman, the boogeyman giving him money. So 
the boogeyman not only gave this kid money, but he gave him a memory and moment that will last a lifetime for this little wrestling fan. And that's why what I do is so cool when you do these signings and these appearances and you see the, you know, I, I, look, back, I look back to when I was a little kid, man. So, like, one of the first, I think the first autograph session I went to as a kid, my mom took me to was at, and my dad, was at the Meadowlands Racetrack in New Jersey. It was, you know, horse racing. And Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Big John Stun were there. I remember it so vividly because I was a little kid and these guys are larger than life you know, uh, entertainers and characters. So I remember that still, I'm 45, I remember that now, still, so clearly. And that little boy was probably around my age. So th- this is a moment that he'll, he'll, he'll remember forever. And, and that's why these meet and greets and personal appearances are so cool for me. Because I, I, I go back to when I was a little kid, man. And, and I always try and, um, every every kid that comes up for an autograph session, whether it be in my store or the conventions or something like this at the state fair, like I, I always look at a little boy's eyes or a little girl's eyes and see that look in their eyes, man, because I, I just, you know, go back to when I was a little kid and, and how cool that was, man. So it, it's, it's very, it's not just about money for me, man. It's very gratifying to, to see, uh, you know, this kind of stuff touching, you know, young fans and, 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 and their parents too, because their parents are seeing their, you know, children having this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity experience. So, yeah, man, for me, it's much more than money. That's what it's all about, man. It's about creating those moments that stick with these kids for the rest of their lives and help shape them, gives them those core memories. And one guy that I know has given you a lot of core memories from your childhood is turning the big 6-9 today. We're talking about the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that will live on forever, the icon. Today we celebrate the birthday of Hulk Hogan. Tommy, you picked this episode. I'm so excited for it. We've got five callers already waiting on hold. Are you ready to celebrate the Hulkster dude? Let's do it, brother. All right, we're going to take our first call from longtime friend of the show. He's probably ripping his T-shirt, waiting on hold, Jack. I'm talking about Brian the Brain. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Tommy and Jay. It's Hulk Hogan Day. It is Hulk Hogan Day, man. It I'll tell you real quickly, one of, one of my favorite memories ever of Hulk Hogan, just split split second, I'm going to then ask you what yours is, uh, Brian, is I remember yeah. when Hogan and Andre were sitting at the table about to sign their WrestleMania three contract with Jack Tunney there, with Bobby the Brain Heenan there. And they're playing a little bit of mind games with Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan sitting across from the table from Andre the Giant. And he's, he's fucking so amped up. He's literally shaking, his head shaking, his arm shaking. And he looks at Andre the Giant and goes, sign it if you're going to sign it. And I just, I rem- that was a shitty Hulk Hogan, by the way. But um, that, that right there, I remember that so vividly. He, Hulk Hogan was so, he felt so betrayed that Andre turned on him. Hulk Hogan gets, man, he, he gets so much, he needs to get so much more credit for being a great worker. Because a great worker, man, is not just someone that can go in a ring and do moonsaults and, and 450s and all that stuff. I mean, his facial expressions and the way he said that, sign it if you're going to sign it, I mean, that literally sold. I mean, the whole angle sold WrestleMania. I mean, it, it was just, it was perfect. But just like the little things he did, like he was so amped up, he was shaking, looking at Andre, sign it if you're going to sign it. Like, it just, it's just awesome. That's one of my favorite Hulk Hogan memories at the top of my head. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I remember the first introduction I had to Hulk was uh, watching Rocky Three and him towering over uh sylvester stallone rocky balboa and and hulk being the you know the bad guy basically and then end of the match he takes a picture with rocky's family and and it turns out he's a cool dude and and uh you know and then i saw him on sports illustrated uh it was a 1985 issue and and flipped through that and i didn't really get into wrestling and become a fan until you know the next year but you would see Hulk on uh, the opening to every program. There was the uh, you know, patriotic music on the original Superstars of Wrestling opening where you'd see him doing a leg drop, drop to, uh, I think it was like Omar Atlas or somebody. And then you'd, on the regular Saturday morning championship wrestling program before it became Superstars, you'd have uh, 
the thriller music where they'd show Hogan walking in through uh, Madison Square Garden to go to a match. And so it was just this thing where you got to see this superstar, but it was so rare to actually see him wrestle on TV. And, uh, you know, eventually I discovered Saturday Night's main event and you'd see him there. But, um, you know, I wasn't in, uh, I didn't have the, the Meadowlands arena where it was a huge arena that they had to fill on a regular basis. Uh, the, the close one to me was in Sacramento. So we had, uh, you know, 11,000 seats and they could sell that out with uh, Roddy Piper versus Bob Orton in the main event or giant machine against John Stubb before I went there. And, and so Hulk would only come around once a year if you were lucky. So it was just such this special thing to be able to actually see Hulk in person or to see him actually wrestle on TV. And so much of uh, of that era was so centered around him and all the, the best storylines around him. He was just something that people, if they didn't live through it, they don't, they don't comprehend how integral and, and, and important he was to, to fuel that business for, you know, seven, eight years of, uh, of three nights, uh, you know, three shows a night, two shows a night filling stadiums around the country and and then when they needed to fill the big ones or or boost a stadium that was low they would get hulk in there and uh like i say there's there's really nobody that that fueled the business like hulk hogan as as far as i'm concerned in that golden era that i love most well said Brian. yeah i was waiting for you to jump in brother you're the host no 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 man i'm i'm waiting in the wings here i think everybody would agree that Hulk Hogan is what shaped the landscape of professional wrestling. You think, I don't know if you could plug anybody else into that role at that time, and they would carry the ball as far as Hulk Hogan did. And there's so much about him that was just perfect for that time period. And I feel so blessed that I was the age I was, where I was, so that I could experience the rise of Hulkamania like we did. And I do think, you know, I mean, what's that? Oh, I was just going to say, I know you got a lot of callers. I'll just, uh, the, the two other little, you know, memories, my first time seeing him in a super exciting match was, uh, I think it was July 5th. Uh, they broadcast uh, WrestleMania two on Showtime and, and seeing the cage match against Bundy. That was, uh, that was tremendous for me. I know people bash WrestleMania two, but for me, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, and then we go and rent the videos of uh, the you know, first WrestleMania and uh, and the whole uh, Orndorff-Hogan matchup uh, or feud that was built on on wrestling, uh, championship wrestling that summer. Uh, just, you know, that July, August, that was uh, that was really what lit the fire uh, under uh, under me as far as being a wrestling fan. So. That Hogan Orndorff feud, that WrestleMania two match with Bundy, those were kind of my first real big uh, Hulk Hogan memories. That uh, aside from seeing him on Rocky and seeing him on uh, on Sports Illustrated, that that he realized that you were in the presence of uh, something that hadn't existed before, at least for for you know the eleven and twelve year old Brian and for for you guys uh, a little younger. I mean, Bruno was big, but Hulk really uh, transcended it across the country into not just a, a Northeastern superstar, but basically a worldwide uh, superstar. There's, that's the right word for it, where where nobody really came close to, to his fame and uh, and his entertainment value. That guy, he, he, like you said, he put on a show like no other. So... Um, I, I let the other guys get on and talk and wish you guys a wonderful Hulk Hogan day and say thanks so much again for the show. And, and talking to Tony Atlas last week was uh, a privilege and amazing. That guy was something else as well. Yeah, man. I, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah. And that was, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week, Brian. Thank you, man. That was an awesome yeah, episode last week with, uh, with Mr. USA Tony Atlas. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that yet, you can listen to all our old episodes they're all archived and just go to any you know platform on uh as far as podcast goes on your uh on your cell phone or a computer and just type in 80s wrestling the podcast they'll all come up on there it's funny uh jay i had a, 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 a listener at the new jersey state fair last night that came up to me and i think it was one of our earlier episodes we we're talking about the scary then we have an episode about the scariest wrestlers the scariest 
Hills or something like that? Absolutely, we did. Yeah. Great episode. And he, he said someone that we didn't mention, and I agree with him. He said he was scared of. He goes. He said that he just he just stumbled upon our uh, podcast recently, so he's he's playing catch up. But he just listened to that episode. That episode, and he's a killer con was someone that w- was really scary to him. So he told me he's gonna be listening this morning. So his name was uh, I, I, his name escapes me. I apologize, but uh, if he is listening. We uh, we agree. Killer Khan was also a very scary and intimidating character. He blew that mist, and he was one of Hulk Hogan's, you know, um, opponents as well. And it, it was so their structure back then. I know we have a bunch of callers on hold, but I just really want to make quick mention uh, their structure back then, as far as how they ran their shows. And and it's not like today where you know you know WWE maybe once if you get lucky twice a year they'll come to New Jersey. Uh, back then, it was every month. They had A, B, and C crews. So, I mean, we were at Meadowlands Arena. is only about 20 minutes from where I live. And I told this story multiple times on the podcast in the past. You know, my parents would take every single month to the WWF at the Meadowlands. And it was the same formula, and it always worked. You had Hogan against a hail. Uh, There's probably like a DQ finish or something like that. And they brought him back for the next month. And, you know, and maybe it was another screw job they brought back for a third time. And that, that third time maybe a lumberjack match or a, a steel cage match. But, you know, you, you went through on the house shows. If you look back on it, um, he probably had four or five opponents per year that he worked on the house shows because they go to these towns and, you know, it would be a, a DQ, then a, a fuck, and then some kind of gimmick stipulation. And and he, they just kept feeding him hills after hill after hill after hill after hill. And I just make mention of that because Killer Khan, I know I saw him against Hogan at Meadowlands Arena, so that just came up in my head. So I'm sorry. I'll uh, I'll stop talking now. No, that's fantastic. You had uh, seats to a lot of great action in that north uh, east side of the country there. And to see Killer Khan, who was such a real realistic heel, he would put the fear in you because you totally bought into what he was doing. And so he was a, a great opponent that posed, in our minds, a real threat to a baby face uh, like Hulk Hogan. We're going to jump into our next caller. We're staying in Tommy's neck of the wood, talking to Danny from Butler. Good morning, Danny. Tommy, Jumpin' Jay, uh, good morning. Uh, you know, happy birthday to, to Hulk Hogan. You know, who, uh, you know, I don't think there's one individual child grown man that didn't get into loving pro wrestling because of Hulk Hogan you know like I said you can't mention Hulk Hogan you can't mention professional wrestling without uh the hoaxer you know like I said I, I could remember get you know the you know why I got into wrestling is because I got my first ever uh Hulk Hogan action figure the LJN that's what really got me into professional sure. wrestling I remember that I remember me, that me day, too uh, Hulk, Hogan. You know, Hulk, Hogan, Hulk Hogan got me into wrestling too man you know, like I said, that that you know, opening up that LJN, you know, that that figure came with me every everywhere I went. And you know, like I said, everything like from there it just uh, took off uh, to the stratosphere. You talk about, you know, got him in pop culture, Rocky Three, um, you know, him being the you know very first professional wrestler on the on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And you know, like I said, everything just like I said, just hand in hand. The '80s, you know, you had pop culture, you had MTV, you had Hulk Hogan, and then you had WrestleMania. And like I said, it just like I said, this business wouldn't be where it would be right now. The WWE McMahon, you know, we, you know, they gambled on him, and you know, they like I said, it just who would have known that it would have turned into this big uh, uh, giant, uh, you know, of a of a corporation that it is uh, nowadays. And like I said, we owe everything to to the Hulkster. Absolutely, man. And I'll tell you what, I, I, and there's a lot of debate who was the biggest. You know, star in the history of wrestling was it Hulk Hogan? Was it you know, here's Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and Hogan's name in the same sentence a lot. And you know, I I think probably Stone Cold Steve Austin made more money as far as merchandise goes. But you also gotta remember back then Hogan was running eighty five, eighty nine to eighty nine ninety like hot, where stuff was a lot cheaper. Uh, and there was less eyes on the product because once the Attitude Era came, I mean, those numbers were, those ratings are through the freaking roof, and you had this guy that, you know, came out there and freaking beat up his boss and told him off every week. Who 
who can't relate to that storyline? So, I mean, I, I, and Steve is just freaking phenomenal. I'm such a huge fan of his. But as far as um, biggest, the biggest star in the history of wrestling, as much as I want to say Stone Cold Steve Austin because of what he did for the business at, at that peak moment, I don't think there would be a business. And I think that Stone Cold Steve Austin would tell you there wouldn't be a business where it is today if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. So for that reason alone, I have to go with Hulk Hogan. And I, and I debated myself back and forth in my head. I, I said to myself, like, when I watched WrestleMania this past year, I'm like, man, Steve's probably the Hello? Tommy, Hello? are you there? Tommy, did your call, did your microphone oh. drop? Oh, I'm, I'm, lo- still, I'm still here, Jumping Jay. <laughs> Danny, it's me and you, brother. Let's make the hot take. It's us. And keep this show rolling, dude. So give me one of your... I love the LJN story because an action figure took the wrestlers out of the screen and put them in our hand. And we grew up in an era where toys were king. And so the wrestling figures definitely were at the top of my list as well. Other than the wrestling figures, is there a moment that you saw on the television screen of Hulk Hogan that just drew you in? And like, it's, a, it's a burning memory in your mind when the name Hulk Hogan comes up. Well, I guess obviously, this, I got into professional wrestling around, you know, I think, towards the end of when I was four, going into five, um, like around WrestleMania two. Um, so, you know, my memories of him is, you know, my, my first great big memories was, you know, the whole build up to WrestleMania three. You know, Tommy mentioned the obviously he was there uh, at the at the Meadowlands Arena when on the Piper's Pit when Andre turned on him. And like I said, that's a, a moment that, like I said, that's frozen in time. You know, he, he he goes back to the, you know, the contract signing when Hogan, you know, Hogan's hulking up, and you know, you just have Andre just sitting there with that stoic look of of the, of um this this you know he's just looking at him, you know, with like pure hatred and just disdain, and Andre's not even you know flinching, and Hogan, you see Hogan sweating, shaking. And everything, and then you know you get to the actual WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania that I ever watched, you know, live on TV. TV that wasn't on a cassette. You know, my father took me to watch it, at, you know, at, at a theater at a, on closed circuit. And you know, how when you think about the biggest match at WrestleMania to that point, you know that you know you think about WrestleMania, WrestleMania three is probably the the, the biggest of them all. You know, because of that that. Um, main event, you know, the them, them you know, who, who could forget, you know, the stare down when he gets into the wind ring at, at the beginning of the match, you know, that's a moment right there that's it's frozen in time, you never forget, you know, those, there's memories like that that make professional wrestling, it's the storytelling, you know, it's, you know, David versus Goliath, and, you know, like I said, that moment and then him slamming Andre tops it off as probably the greatest WrestleMania moment in history, because, you know that you know really took the wrestling business to the another strategy. I mean, yeah, WrestleMania one, you know, they gambled on it and it worked out. But just compare the first WrestleMania to WrestleMania three. You know, you got me the scale of or whatever nineteen thousand, twenty thousand seats at Madison Square Garden at that time, which was kind of built up the way they built the house shows um, at the Garden every month, and then to WrestleMania three. Well, 93,000 people, you know, it comes to show what kind of impact Hogan had on that business from from the beginning to that point. You know, like I said, you, I don't think there's one superstar that, you know, if it wasn't for Hogan, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now as far as, you know, the, the business being where it's at and, you know, just being the true icon that he is. You know, there's not, I don't think there's not one person in the, in this, in the, in the world that does not know the name Hulk Hogan. It's just like, you know, his name is synonymous with like Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan. You know all those guys. Whether you saw them perform or not, you're going to know who they are. So that's uh, my take on Hogan. You know, he's the reason I'm, I became a wrestling fan. And, you know, that's, you know, something that, you know, his impact will always live. And, you know, that's a, definitely belongs on the uh, Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Do you think... Absolutely, man. Oh, Tommy's back, baby. Welcome back, Tommy. Uh, Danny, yeah, before I'm, we let sorry, you go... I, I, I'm, Danny, I'm sorry I got cut out, man. The, the, That's no the, worries, uh, man. 
the the Wi-Fi at my at my store is about as good as Tom McGee would fear against Bret Hitman Hart in a wrestling clinic. That's how good my Wi-Fi is. Listen, uh, that's a deep cut right place. there, brother. That's a deep cut. That's a good <laughs> reference there, Danny. Before we let you go, I don't know. I don't know where I. I'm sorry, again. No, <laughs> you keep going, Tommy. No, I was just saying I don't know where I cut off that um, when I was talking about Steve Austin and uh, and Hulk Hogan, but I was just going to say there wouldn't be uh, an opportunity for Stone Cold to have the level of success he did without Hulk Hogan. So for that reason alone, I say Hogan is the biggest ever because, like like Danny said, he came at the right time during pop culture. He captivated the imaginations and attentions of everyone all around the world. So that's what I was going to say. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Danny, I was going to ask before we let you go, it's no secret that the Hulkster's career has had ups and downs. His personal life has had ups and downs. He's been in good graces with wrestling fans. He's been out of good grace with wrestling fans. In the end, when all the chips are on the table, where do you think Hogan's legacy lies in the world of professional wrestling? Um, you know, like I say, I, I think, you know, I, it, the, the good is definitely going to outweigh the bad. You know, like I said, wh- whether you worked with him or whether you were, you followed him, you know, they, you know, they, you know, you got, you got a lot of guys that owe their living, you know, to, to to him because he's the one that that created that platform for them to go out and, and perform. You know, like I said, he, I'm sure he he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. You know, I'm sure there's guys that you know worship the ground that he walk walks on. There's, you know, I think it, it's a a double edged sword. But I think the positive that he gave outweighs whatever negative was out there, you know, whether it was politics, you know, backstage or, you know, him having, you know, obviously if you're the alpha male, you're going to have some type of ego, uh, you know, in whatever business you're in. You know, you, you, you want to be at the top, you know, you're going to do whatever you can to stay on top at the longest. So I think, you know, you know, you got to take the good and the bad with, with everything. But, you know, without him, there wouldn't be this uh, this monster that we have right now. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm i looking at my son right now. He's, he's taking out every single Hulk Hogan that he has. I have an LJN. I have the the the, 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 the life-size, a smaller replica of him with the, uh, with the Hulkamania tank top. And, you know, I have a current Mattel one. He's just lining them up right now, you know, just looking for my attention. And I guess he's paying – this is his way of paying homage to the Hulkster. So, I know – and I know I got, you guys got other callers, so I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, Tommy, uh, you know, hang in there. you got a couple more days to keep up the good work. Uh, yeah, I, I know it's definitely worth it, but um, I'm going to let you guys go, and I real, hope real uh, quick. I'll real, be able to get to – yeah. Real, real quick, uh, Jay, I'm, I know he's going to get off, but real quick, I'll let you know that. Danny and his son Lucas, they were at the Jim Ross signing this Sunday at the New Jersey State Fair. That's, that is a great one to make it to. I would love to have a chance to meet good old JR. Yeah, it was, def- it was an honor. Hey, thank you for your support as always, brother. Hey, listen, you know, you know me. Uh, like I said, it's nothing but love. Uh, any, any way I can help, you know, uh, we're, like we said, we're the, we're the biggest fans of uh, 80s wrestling, so. I'll let you guys go. You guys uh, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You're the man. All right. Thank you, brother. All right, Tommy. The calls are just lined up one after another, so we're going to keep the birthday bash rolling for the Hulkster. Next up, we're talking to the man who always brings the party. I'm talking about Marty from Millville. Marty, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Jumpin' Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Happy uh, Hulk Hogan Day to you both. Happy Hulk Hogan Day to you, brother. Happy to you, brother. Yeah, thanks. Uh, oh, definitely love the topic. Uh, he's the best ever. He's, he's my favorite of all time. Um, if you had to press me on who was the best of all time, the total package, I, not like Fluger, uh, it'd be Macho <laughs> Man. But but Hogan had something that nobody else did. Like He walks in and owns an arena. Like He would be on talk shows, and he would own that. Like He, he had a presence about him that's unmatched in the history of the business. Just nobody. He was larger than life. Uh, he, he was ridiculous. Like, he, he was bigger than the average person, but yet 
they always found monster heels for him, uh, which I, I thought was part of the brilliance, too, was, was the booking around him. Like, he's their golden boy. He's the guy with the strap for years, and he's the best, and he's selling all the merch. And you want to make him be almost unbeatable, but you can't. But, but you have to put him up against somebody who you think, oh, wait, this is the one that's going to beat Hogan. You, know, you can't have Hulk Hogan, Madison Square Garden with, like, Barry O. Because it's just the, the, the fever pitch won't be there. But you put him up against King Kong Bundy. You put him up against Andre. Uh, and I always loved that. I always loved, like, as a little kid, he was going to slam the big guy. Big boss man, Akeem, Earthquake. You know, and he would go for it early, and then it wouldn't work. And then by the end, he would hulk up and be able to body slam these enormous people. And it's like, oh, my gosh, he came over. Like, he, he got it. And as a kid, like, I always loved that because you had to have a little doubt in your mind that Hogan might get beat here. This might be too much. And he always rose to the occasion. They put on this amazing show with that kind of storytelling. And it was amazing. And, and, and Hulk's, Hulk's the best. You know, now being an adult and looking back and, and just being just being, you know, one of my biggest hobbies – the one thing I've grown to hate is, like, the wrestling snobs. And they look back like, oh, Hogan sucked. Oh, Hogan had one move. Hogan did – yeah, but we're all talking wrestling right now in our 40s because of Hulk Hogan, because he got everybody excited, because he made you believe. And so I, I say the heck with all that. Like, I'm still a fan. I, I think he's incredible. Um, yeah, and that's just my take on the Hulkster. I agree, man, 100%. Very articulate take on the Hulkster. Well said. Thank uh, If I had to pick one quick favorite moment before you guys get to other callers, I still think the Saturday night main event before WrestleMania three was the best one ever. Again, look at the whole card. Incredible. But that battle royal, when Hogan was making his oh, way yeah. down, and Andre is in the corner staring at him, mm. and then like not letting him up, and then that says, come on in. Like that to me, like that was such an amazing build-up before the biggest WrestleMania oh, yeah. in history. And I, I always like whenever I'm, I'm going back to watch old stuff, I always find myself somehow getting to that. So, Absolutely, you know, again, it, it just it was amazing, right time, right place, but the right guy. You know, you either have it or you don't. That guy had it more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Marty. You're the man. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Have a great weekend. Stay cool. All right, you, you too, too brother. brother. Thanks. Right, Re- thanks. Real quick, Jay, before we before we get to the next caller, I want to make mention that um, you know he he's just talking about how that's he loved the Saturday night's main event with uh, Andre the Giant that battle royal. I just want to say that whole if you go back and watch that whole storyline, and I was there live when it started. I know we talked about that several times on the podcast as well when when uh, Andre turned on Hogan on Piper's Pit. You know, I was there through the whole thing. And, I mean, we're talking about Hulk Hogan, so you have to make mention of this, you know, of that Piper's pit where he ripped off the shirt and, you know, and his, his chain ripped. And Roddy Piper saying, you're bleeding. And the way he said it and how he said it just fucking, excuse my language, it just captivated the entire wrestling universe right there. Um, just by those two little words Piper said. So Piper is... <laughs> Piper's a big part of it as well. He he helped get that angle so over by the way he sold Hogan's shirt and cross getting ripped and then bleeding. But I just want to say real quickly, if you go back and watch that entire storyline with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, how they told the story, and just like the reactions, the facial reactions and the body language of Hogan, Andre, and Bobby Heenan, you really can't tell a better storyline than that. I think that's probably the great. I'm not saying I, I I believe it is. I'm not saying I'm saying I believe it is the greatest storyline in the history of wrestling. You have you know this big lovable man that everyone around the world adored. You know as best friends with this big wrestling superstar that everyone loved, and he goes with the, the worst guy he possibly can go with. And you know that Bobby Heenan's a piece of shit, but and you know that he got an Andre's head. And just the way they told the story and how everyone sold every aspect of that story, man, that's, that's, I think it's the greatest angle in the history of wrestling. I really do. 
You know, it's a, it's a story as old as time, good versus evil, betrayal. And in the early 80s, the WWF knew how to tell that story in a way that would resonate with people. And you're right. That is one of the greatest storylines that they've ever pulled off. And the fact that Piper sold it the way he did cemented it. If Piper would have sold that, that segment differently, it, it could have really, you know, hurt it. But the way that Piper, who has a history with Hogan, sold that he actually had concern for the fact that he was bleeding and that Andre had turned on him, really put it into the fans' minds that this isn't a storyline, that this is a real thing happening. And so everybody played their part beautifully on that, Tommy. Yeah, and I, absolutely, man. And, and I was there live for as a kid. So, I mean, going back, watching as an adult, and just, like, knowing, like, especially for me, like, working on the inside of the business and, and, and you, know, think, you know, being creative and just seeing how they did that. I mean, back then, man, it was so simple just to freaking tell a story. Like, you can't – you could still do that today. It doesn't have to be as complicated as it is. I mean, you could tell the same story. Any, 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 man, any man can relate to his best friend turning on him. Anyone. Anyone can relate to that. It's an easy, easy, easy story to follow. But the way they did it, the size difference, the way they, the way they you know, would film – if you go back and watch a lot of Andre stuff, WWF was so smart back then, man. They would freaking film him from the feet up. So he looked larger than freaking life. He is larger than life. But they made him look so much more larger than life. You go back and watch WrestleMania 4, man. Like, real quick, this is really off topic for one second. Uh, you go back and watch WrestleMania 4. It was at Trump Plaza. And I've been to that arena a couple of times. It's small. It's not big at all. Um, it's a very, very, very small building. But the way they would film it, you would think that you could fit 30,000 people there. If you go back and watch WrestleMania 4, watch the camera angles of everything. They, they were so smart the way they filmed stuff. So I just wanted to mention that, like, the way they filmed Andre made him look even larger than life than he already was. So just, a, just a, a, my favorite angle ever, man. I, actually, you know what? I take it back. I think that's the greatest angle ever. My favorite angle uh, personally, is when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan. I know we mentioned this many times on the podcast, and you have to bring that up too because that was another Hogan moment. But I think the greatest one ever is Hogan and Andre. What I love about Hogan storylines is depending on your mood or who you're talking to, you could pick a different favorite one. Because I know if somebody calls in and talks about his matches with Savage, you would jump all over that. Or if we mentioned WrestleMania six. That would get your juices flowing as well. And that's what makes Hogan so special. He had so many of these moments that resonated with us fans that we're still talking about it. Tommy, we have a few more callers waiting on hold, and this next one has me excited. As you know, we keep a log of every call that's ever come in to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And the next number is a brand new caller, somebody we've never talked to on the air before. I jokingly said that Hogan would be waiting in the back of the line to get on the show, brother. This might be him. Are you ready to connect with the unknown caller, Tommy? Let's do it, dude. Let's do it, man. Calling from the area code 570. You are live on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. What's your name and where are you calling from, dude? Caller, are you there? Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, man, what's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is David Hughes, and I'm calling from the Wuxer Stratton area. Hey, David Hughes. Buddy, uh, Jay. David Hughes, I'm going to real quick give him a plug. David Hughes is a, a, is a local promoter in the New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania area. He's actually be bringing Virgil and Dutch Mantel to ISPW next Friday night, August the 19th at St. Anthony's Church Gym in Bowling, New Jersey. We'll be talking a lot about uh, that show next week. But uh, David Usner is bringing Virgil and Dutch Mantel. We're looking forward to having them. Absolutely, Tommy. I, you know, being at your shows is, you know, is one hell of a, t- a good time. And, you know, it's not like one of those boring backyard shows where you could be predictable and know what the heck is going on. 
you really have, you know, the first time that I went, I was like, oh, maybe this is going to happen or maybe that's going to happen. No, Tommy, you're, uh, you're definitely, you're definitely one of those guys that just catches the eyes and it's just not me. I've, I've heard it from several other people. Hey man, I, I, I appreciate that. But today's not the Tommy Fierro show. No, today is Hulk Hogan, buddy. The Hulk, Hulk Hogan's show. birthday. Oh, 69th birthday, so, man. Oh, so everybody's talking about like, you know, the Hulk Hogan, this and Hulk Hogan, that. So back when I was a kid, you know, I, you know, that was some time ago. I mean, I mean, I'm 37 now, but, um, my, my biggest thing getting into wrestling as a fan, you know, was Hulk Hogan, seeing him, seeing Andre the Giant, you know, you know, him against King Kong Bundy. But like, what actually got me into wrestling was pretty funny. It was my grandmother in a local like establishment, like at a toy store, bought me a Hulk Hogan Slam Bunny. So like that, like that got me to, you know, you know, to where I am today as far as wrestling. Like Hulk Hogan was that guy, and like my family was not really wrestling oriented, like oriented, but like when they talk about wrestling. Now, one person in the room, when you ask them who you thought was the greatest person of all time in wrestling at that time, was Hulk Hogan. Because you know what? He was he made a very good name for himself. But yet these days, you know, people make good names for themselves, bad names for themselves. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I you know, they've had problems up and down with him with doing stupid stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you forgive, you forget. But at the end of the day, it's your legacy that's just going to be the one that's going to build everything. I can't agree with that more, man. Real quick, what, what, looking back at, on, on your childhood, what was the one Hulk Hogan moment that stood out the most for you? <sighs> the, okay, so the funny one and then the serious one. So the funny one would probably had to be when he put on the mask. Um, I can't remember... I can't remember which one. I think it was the uh, was it Mister U. It wasn't Mister USA, was it? it Cap, Mister. It was either Mister or Captain. Let me see if I can find out. It was Mister yeah, America or Mister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was that was like oh that was kind of like the funny Hulk Hogan. But you know what? The the one Tommy that really Tommy like the, the serious one was when, you know, everybody says this, and I'll take it to the grave to this day, but, like, when he, you know, when he arrested Andre the Giant, because, you know what, seeing a guy of that stature and seeing that guy as big as how Andre was and press him over his head, I'll tell you right now, I was like, I give a whole new respect for somebody like that. And I know sometimes stuff is scripted, stuff is, but you know what, back then, you know, you could see how real and stuff it was and, you know, how stuff was these days compared to compared to then is absolutely so much different. But, like, Hulk Hogan, to me, getting that moment, knowing that he was going to be one of my top superstars, which, you know, I haven't met yet, which I'm hoping to one day, would be, you know, but, uh, yeah, would be, you know, pressing Andre the Giant over his head. Awesome, man. Well, David, thank you so much for calling in for the first time. I know you listened to the podcast in the past. And again, anyone that's in the New Jersey area, next Friday night, ISPW will be returning to St. Anthony's Church Gym, Butler, New Jersey. Main event TLC match. Jumping Jen. I know you've been texting me all week long asking for a winner. I'm not I'm not spilling the beans. It's gonna be the mm-hmm. birds of the sun, crowbar and personal pain, and the now in a TLC match headlining next week's ISW show. And David Hughes Promotions will be there with Virgil and Zeb Coulter, a.k.a. Dutch Mantel. David, thank you so much for calling the show, man. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to next week. All right, brother. Take care, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, Tommy. Another caller logged on the call list for 80s Wrestling, the podcast. We're rounding the bases, but we got one guy who's been hanging and banging at the back of the line, waiting to talk about Hulk Hogan. I'm talking about our good friend from Parsippity, Tom. Good morning. Happy Hulk Hogan birthday to you. Good morning, guys. How are you? Fantastic. How's everybody hey, doing? I got Tom. I got one thing to say to you, man. I know. Give He's it to leaving. me. Give me the line. 
Yeah. You're bleeding. <laughs> I was going to say you used the line, so it was great, man. You already used the line, so that's fantastic. We got that out of the way. Listen, guys, hope you hope uh, you're both enjoying your summer. And uh, this is a great topic today. I was up early this morning. I'm on my Twitter feed, of course. Who's um, tweet do I see? And then I saw the uh, the one for the show. But the first tweet I saw was um, the Iron Sheik, and he said, uh, "Happy birthday, happy 69th birthday to that jabroni Hulk Hogan," and made me laugh. And then I saw that you guys were doing a, a show on the Hulkster today, so that brought back so many memories. Of course, maybe we'll get a little Tommy Sheik today uh, before the show ends, uh, but. You know what brought back so many oh, memories? January, are, January, January of 84 when it, it all started. What about January of 84 in the garden when all this started, baby? That made me think of the Sheik, and it made me it brought back so many memories. That's the birth of Tom. Hulk hold, hold, Tom hold, everyone, everyone, hold on, hold on. Tom, don't, before you, you get right. your next thoughts, he's, he's here. Tommy Sheik is here. Is he, he wants here? to wish Hulk Hogan a is very Sheik happy birthday. Show? Listen, I, Sheik, come in, man. Tom, I'm going to let Hold Tom from Precipity talk to Jay. the Sheik because I'm, I have no luck with the Sheik. So, Tom, you have a conversation <laughs> yeah, with the Sheik. I'm stepping out. I was going to tell you. Mr. Sheik, Mr. Olympian, how are you, sir? Please, oh, hold on one second. Jump and Jay, please go on mute because you have such heat with Tommy Sheik. He doesn't he don't even tell guy. him I'm here. No, I won't. Sheik, come here. You want to wish Hulk Hogan happy birthday? First of all, I'd like to say hello to all the wrestling fans all around the world, Baba. They remember Aaron Sheik. Rock Wrestling Federation, chop. AAU Gold Medal, chop. Today is birthday, Hulk Hogan, jabroni, piece of shit, motherfucker, blonde fucking bagot. Fuck it up, <laughs> Hulk Hogan birthday. Fuck you. Come back. Okay. Oh, gone, well, thank you, Mr. Mr. Sheik. Fantastic. And who could have ever who could have ever forgotten for your younger callers and everybody else that the classy Freddie Blassie and the Sheik. This is where this all started. Started January of '84, Madison Square Garden, and then uh, and then I saw a, uh, a Twitter feed that somebody had a a, a picture of the uh, 1985 Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated cover with Hulk on it that said Matt Mania. And uh, remember, that's when wrestling really started getting going, when Sports Illustrated had the Hulk on the cover. And uh, and then it, it just took off like a rocket ship from there, guys. I guess you, both of you would agree. Do you guys remember that Sports Illustrated cover? Hell yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, iconic that someone from the world of professional wrestling would grace the cover of arguably the biggest sports publication at the time. And so that just told you how big of a deal Hulk Hogan was. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, he took, he took pro wrestling into another stratosphere. And, uh, and again, uh, we would, would this show be even happening? Would there be an eighties wrestling podcast without the Hulkster? Probably not. Probably not. So, You're right. Yeah. I say Tommy should do whatever he's got to do, brother, to get the Hulkster to headline the next WrestleCon. Hey brother, you know you know what I can do to get Hulk Hogan the the headline the next eighties wrestling con? I can do it, man. This I, yeah, I, I tell know you what you I can, need. Tommy. Well, well, no, no, I, I definitely I definitely can. You want me to know what, what you want me to know what I gotta do? What? All we have to do is as soon as we go off the air, I'm gonna call you back. You're gonna give me your bank information as far as your checking account goes. <laughs> that's what I, I need you to see now. <laughs> that's what I was I'm only say. kidding. I, a lot of money, unfortunately. A lot of money. But guys, listen. I'll tell you what, brother. Yeah. It's on the top of my, it's on the top of my bucket list. And I go. always, always, always I try to anyway get what's on my bucket list. So yeah. I that's Hulk Hogan headline. But listen, guys, great. Good. Great talking to you guys today, and uh, great show as always. And uh, listen, I can't wait to uh, to hear the coming weeks and take care. And best of luck to both of you. You, you too, too Tom. Thank you so much, you brother. You too, brother. Take care. All right, bye. So we need to start setting up the GoFundMe page for getting Hulk Hogan to headline no. the next no indie wrestling. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, it'll happen one day, brother. When the right opportunity presents itself, it will happen. Listen, here's. That's on the top of my bucket list. Here's the sobering truth. Uh, one of our previous callers said that they have, and I think I think it was your good friend, 
um, David Hughes, who called and said that he has not met Hulk Hogan yet, but he really wants to. I am in that same category. I have never in person met the Hulkster, and I would absolutely love to be able to shake his hand and thank him for what he contributed to wrestling and to my childhood. The sobering truth is wrestlers from this generation don't live on this earth forever. Now, Hogan is not an old man by any standards, but by a wrestling standard from the 80s, turning 69 is a great accomplishment. And so the sobering truth is you worry about how much time we have left to meet Hogan or to work with Hogan. And so, Tommy, if it's on your bucket list, brother, I know you chase those things with a passion, with an undying fire. And so I hope the day I shake Hulk Hogan's hand is the day I'm looking at you at one of the 80s wrestling cons, brother. Hell yeah, me too. And guess what, man? I've never met Hulk Hogan either. I've never well, met Hulk Hogan. We got to uh, put it out there in the Hulk universe, dude, to make this happen. Hey, man, like I said, I, I, it's, it's on the top of my bucket list. Uh, it, I, I think that you, you have an 80s wrestling con with Hulk Hogan as the headliner. Forget about it. I, I know that. I'm sure that anyone that goes to my conventions or my shows or my friends or my boys that work in my locker room, they all know for the heap right there, man. And, and, I, and it's not a far stretch for me. I can see it. Here's the thing, Jay, and, I, and I, I do everything in life like this, is what I do is I close my eyes sometimes, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to talk about all my personal stuff. This is what I do. I close my eyes, and if I can see it, I know that I can accomplish it. And and you can use that for any aspect of your life. And any listeners out there, like, say you have a sales job or, you know, real estate job or whatever, you have a goal, you have a passion, you have a, a drive, just close your eyes. If you can see it, you can do it. And I close my eyes right now. As I'm talking to you right now, my eyes are closed. And I'm picturing even that same building we were in, Jay, back in, back in May with Jesse Ventura. I can picture Hulk Hogan in that same table right now as my eyes are closed, I'm talking to you. And I can picture a sea of people all around. So I'm seeing that with my eyes closed. That means I can accomplish that. One way or another, I can do it. So it's not out of the realm that Hulk Hogan will one day, some way, somehow, headline his wrestling con. I 100% agree with your technique, your tactics, and what you're saying, brother. You can see it in your mind. You can hold it in your hands. And one thing that's going to make that even stronger is you have the courage to speak it out and tell everybody right now that that's what you're going after and yeah, I man, hell yeah. I hardly, I, 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 I ne- believe you're going to do anyone it. Know- I'm sorry, man. I'm just kind of a- anyone that knows me uh, personally or follows me on Facebook, whatever like that, man, I don't say something. I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy I try 99.999% of the time. I'm not saying this to put myself over, but I back up what I say. Um, that's the difference. That's a big difference to me and every other wrestling promoter out there is if I say something, man, I do it. And if you look at the, 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 track, the track record of me and every other promoter out there, I don't say something unless I can do it. So I'm, I'm not saying that it's going to happen immediately, but there's no reason why Hulk Hogan can't headline these wrestling cons. No, there's no reason in the world why he can't. So that's on the top of my, my bucket list. Uh, it's the first time I've ever mentioned this to anyone, but that's on the top of my bucket list. I've never told anyone that before, but I've never met Hulk Hogan. He's my childhood idol. So what better way to meet him than having him on one of my events? Is that my friend? I've had a lot of full circle moments in this industry. There's not a bigger full circle moment than that for me. So that's the top of the heat for me. I love it, man. I got goosebumps sitting here thinking about what will happen, what will take place when I walk into that arena and see Hogan and Tommy standing shoulder to shoulder at the back of that, uh, that arena there. So I'm looking forward to that, Tom. You got me pumped up here. This episode's turning into a motivational Monday type deal, and I got the tingles, brother. <laughs> hey, man, listen, I'm, I'm quickly, man. Like, I'm, I'm, like, so into, like, you know the secret. Like, it's not necessarily the secret, the, the program, the secret, but I'm into all that motivational quotes and motivational speeches and dude that's all i listen to if i'm driving my car man 
I'm not listening to music. I have on Brian Tracy. I have on Jim Rohn. I have on Zig Ziglar. Like I, I'm, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a different level, dude. Like I listen to all that stuff, man, all day long. If I'm at my store and it's dead, I put it on YouTube and put it on my speaker in the store and listen to just motivational stuff. Like if you can visualize something, and you're talking about telling the motivational Monday, but if you can. You can if you can visualize something, man. You can you can do it. I mean, we all were born the same way, man, with the same opportunities. Everyone puts on their pants one leg at a time. So I mean, anyone could do anything. So I'm just I'm I'm, I'm going to talk about Hulk Hogan right now. But anyone out there, he's talking about Motivational Monday. Uh, that that's what I do, man. I listen to motivational speeches. I mm-hmm. I, I do I look up quotes every day. I'm all about all that stuff, man. You know, this is interesting because you and I have never talked about this side of our lives, but I'm the exact same way. When I go down to the, my really? uh, basement to lift weights, I'm not listening to, to rock music. I'm listening to motivational speeches, motivational books on tape, things like that. And I'll tell you this. I believe it's why you're being as successful as you are in the things you're pursuing, Tommy, because you do have to put uh, the mental side of things is so important. And so you do have to feed yourself that positive energy. You got to put that positive energy back out into the world and good things will happen. And so uh, I love that you're talking that because you're speaking my language, dude. We are rounding the corner, my man. It is four minutes before the hour. We're closing out the happy birthday episode to the one and only Hoke Hogan. There are no other callers online, Tommy. So give me one more well-wishing to Hogan, and then I want to hear what's coming up. Because I know you got Greg the Hammer. You got the Million Dollar Man. You got Xbox all lined up in your nine days of sitting in the hot sun, melting away, but making, putting smiles on faces. <laughs> yes. uh, so give me one that we haven't talked about, maybe an obscure Hulk Hogan reference, but what's one thing about the hoaxer that you can think of uh, at this moment? Man, I can, I can think of a ton of Hulk Hogan stuff, man. I, was, I grew up the biggest Hulk Hogan fan. I'll tell you one story that sticks in my mind. Uh, when when uh, I was a kid, uh, again, Again, my favorite thing ever was Orndorff and Hogan, personally for me. that I remember where I was when it happened. I remember the whole thing. But another Hulk Hogan memory for me that I remember as a little child was my dad and mom bringing me to the movie theater the first day No Holds Barred came out. Now, in New Jersey, back then, I'm, I'm sure it's other, back then everything was like that. And my dad had a pickup truck, and then me and my brother, Ronnie, we're sitting on the back of the, the, the pickup truck, no roof or anything like that. So we're driving on the highway. Back then, you wouldn't get in trouble for that, just being in the back of a, of a, back of a pickup truck, open wind and everything like that, and no one said anything. But I just remember as a child just being so excited. to go. Get, I couldn't wait to get to the movies. I'm going to see Hulk Hogan and Zeus collide on the big screen. Like I, There's certain things you remember as a child. Like I, like I said, I remember exactly where it was when it was Hogan and Orndorff when the turn. I remember with Hogan and because I was there, and I couldn't wait to get to the movies. I was so excited for uh, for Hulk Hogan and Zeus. So that, that's another thing that stands out in my mind. And what I also want to say, like a couple of calls earlier, about him being pop culture, man, is he pop culture. He was far, far, far more than just a professional wrestler. That man can probably walk anywhere on planet Earth right now in 2022, and every single person in this world probably know who he is. Maybe not, say 99%. Maybe there's that 1% that don't. But I guarantee anywhere this man walks in this world, 99 point whatever percent, will know that's Hulk Hogan. So that's far more than a wrestler. That's a celebrity. That's an icon. That's pop culture. It is, and it's, it's amazing because I feel like we grew up in an era before social media, but we grew up in an era where there were a handful of people that reached that level. I'm talking about like Muhammad Ali. I'm talking probably Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. And then you throw in a wrestler, Hulk Hogan, like you said. Now 99% of people know who he is. Back in the 80s, early 90s, it was probably 99.99% of people would know who he was because he transcended his craft. He became pop culture. He was showing up in films, on TV, guest starring on the A-Team, showing up on MTV, showing up on late night talk shows. 
And, oh, yeah, body-slamming Andre the Giant in front of record-setting crowds. And so he paved well, we the forgot, way not only – We forgot only... one thing. What's that, dude? We forgot one thing. Well, let me tell you something, dude. You're talking about all this stuff that Hulk Hogan did. But let's talk about how Hulk Hogan got discovered to be in the professional wrestling business. His first true passion, his first true love. We're talking about Hulk Hogan, the rock star, dude. Let's talk about a little band based out of Florida called Ruckus, man. You know, you know about Ruckus or no? You don't think I'm a Ruckus? I'm a Ruckus maniac, dude. You don't bring up oh, the yeah, Ruckus the, and not expect me to pop. What was that? Jumpin' Jay. I'll put you on the spot. What was Ruckus's number one song, brother? What year are you talking, dude? Because these guys, these guys <laughs> had legs, what brother. What are you talking? What? <laughs> what year? Are you, I'm talking 1979, man. Oh, you're talking about I'm 1979. You're talking about you back when you was cover, playing gigs down in Daytona Beach, dude. The, the Brit, uh, Jerry Briscoe. Was the yeah, first one the to bar. discover Hulk Hogan. That's right, man. So we, we we can't talk about Hulk Hogan and his career without how he first got discovered, man. Imagine just going imagine going into a uh, a bar and this band's playing this big excuse my language, this big motherfucker just looks bigger larger than life is is, is on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I would i I'd sign if I was in the wrestling business, I'd sign him up if I saw him, wouldn't you? Listen, man, it, he had the look. You know, the Briscoes recognized he had the look. Being on stage, commanding the, the guitar in front of all those people, he probably had charisma. And so they said, hey, if we can get this big son of a gun to be able to wrestle, we might have something here. Trying to talk oh, yeah, to me man, about ruckus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, brother. I want you to sing one of Ruckus' songs next Thursday, right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. But until then, I hope you have a great weekend, your wife and your kids. If you're in the New Jersey area, we've got three more big nights of the New Jersey State Fair tonight, Thursday. Greg is a Hammer Valentine from 6 to 9 p.m. at the New Jersey State Fair at the Sussex County Fairgrounds in Augusta, New Jersey. Tomorrow night, the Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase returns to 80s Wrestling Con ISW, the wrestling collector at the New Jersey State Fair. And on Saturday, rounding out the bunch, closing the nine-day long, hot signing will be none other than WWE Hall of Famer, extremely rare appearance in the New Jersey area, X-Pop for that one, man. So I'll have a full report on the final three days of the fair next week. And uh, that's about it for me, man. Listen, man, I, the fact that you're sitting out there, like you said, in the 100-degree heat, having these guys sign autographs, just you got to tell me, as people walk by your table and they see that you have Doink the Clown, Brutus Beefcake, Jim Ross, tonight Greg the Hammer Valentine, do you just get a lot of, like, stares and looks and excitement from people like the look on their face when they recognize who you're who you have sitting there with you sure yeah yeah i can't imagine yeah, walking down man. the fair and cool. seeing greg the hammer valentine that's got to be such a thrill for people absolutely and especially when they see me man i mean it, it, it's just well, that, yeah that's the bigger <laughs> thrill oh hey isn't that greg the hammer hey, valentine? oh my that's tommy fierro standing there that's amazing he's amazing that's from the podcast yeah you know it dude you know, getting the, hey man, getting the back of the long line, Jack. Close, can you do me a favor today, Jack? Can you close out the podcast today, man? I'd love to hear you close it out. I close it out every week. You always put the, okay. the, the hard burden on me, man. You close it out okay. today. You, you sit back today. You take it easy. I'm going to close this easy, out. Doing my very best Hulk Hogan impersonation. And then as soon as I'm done with my impersonation, I'm going to hit Hogan's theme song. And that's the go home signal. Then it's all well, I'm done. Gonna, I'm going to hang up your mic. What's that? No, no, no. I'm going to hang up the mic, but I'm not going to hang up the phone because I want to I dance around my store to that song right now. It's Hulk Hogan Day, man. Play the whole song. That's right. All right. First, my Hogan impersonation, and then the theme song. Uh, before, so thank you all for listening. Happy birthday, Hulk Hogan. Let me clear my throat here. 
<coughs> Here we go. <clears throat> and what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? <clears throat> Tweak something there. Let me <clears throat> hang on. Let me try again. That was that was a little too deep. Let me go again. Totally. C5 Pop Andre. <clears throat> oh, that was a little mm, that was a little better, but man, it hurts it hurts the the windpipe <laughs> when I when I do it that way. But I'll, I'll give it one more, uh, and then we'll then we'll go home. <clears throat> Father, give it listen, give it a hundred more tries. I'm I'm all I'm all here for it, man. All right, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be wrecked the rest of the day, but here we go. Hulkamania is still the strongest force in the universe. Oh, that one was uh, that one was decent, but I think I got one more in me. <clears throat> Hulkamania will never die, brother. I think uh, I think that's got to be it for me, Tommy. Uh, we're gonna yeah, I'm gonna pay for that the rest of the day. I'm gonna play your theme. Thank you all for listening to Andy Russell, the podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Happy birthday. Happy birthday.